Hi everybody, welcome back to date night at the coffee shop. Oh. I'm Bart. And I'm exhausted, just kidding, I'm Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that. Um, it's been a another hectic week, um, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, this one is, this, this episode is gonna be late again. I think this is what, three weeks in a row now? Yeah, like this is just our new normal. We just come out on Sundays now. I mean, it has been now, um, and again, where we're not even being able to record until Sunday, and yeah. we're releasing it later. We're doing even it t- live. Today, it's even later than we've been mm-hmm. recording. I mean, it's like, what? Dusk. Yeah, it's almost nighttime now, so we're going to record <laughs> this and release it like as soon as, as soon as we're done recording it. But it's festive, so like they'll have like if you're working this week, then you can like listen to something while you Yeah, absolutely. You know, get so ready for be, the holiday. This will be the week of Christmas. Christmas Day is this Friday. Um, so it's now Christmas Eve, 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 Eve. So, yes. Sure. Sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, that's what it is right now. So, how's your week? <laughs> My week was was interesting and hectic. Things have been. And yeah, just busy. I'm ready to get a little bit of you know, some long weekends from the holidays. It's gonna be nice. Yeah. I do really like that they both Christmas and New Year's Day fall on Fridays this time, so we just get. Wow. New Year's Day. I don't. I don't. Uh... It's the busiest day of the year for us, so. Well, yeah, that's true. But you get New Year's Eve off, don't you? No. Oh, I thought you did. No. no. I get I get neither of those off. Oh, well. But. Sucks for you. I know, right? Sucks to suck. But, like, if the, because I went, I went shopping today, got some last minute things, and it seems like every single person in Murfreesboro, Tennessee was of the same mind. Like, mm. oh, I'm just going to get a couple last minute things. So. Yeah. But I am glad that I finally found a roasting pan. Yeah, it's kind of small. Yeah, but our roast is gonna be. But it was like the last roasting pan in Murfreesboro. Yeah, yeah. I went to three stores, three stores, and this is the only one that had one. So literally the last one in the last store. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah, if you need a roasting pan for Murfreesboro, Tennessee, don't. You're out of luck. Don't, don't, (laughs) because you you can't get one. Yeah. Um, So with this week being Christmas. We've already had some holidays around, but we thought we'd just do a, a holiday special episode. I mm-hmm. kind of teased it last week. Um, so we're going to be talking about a bunch of the different holidays that are around this time of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be cool. It's going to be interesting. I think there's some some stuff we've never heard of. Yeah. There's some stuff I've never heard of. Hopefully. I'm um, so it's going to be pretty neat. Our coffee today, we're not, we don't have a new uh, roast of coffee. We picked up some seasonal lattes. We're making it up as we go. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we picked up some drinks from Just Love. We featured um, them before. Yeah, we have had, I think we've had two of their coffees on, mm-hmm. on an episode. Um, but this one, we're trying one of their signature drinks. This is the oh. Lumberjack. It's... Um, so good. Yeah, we both are having the lumberjack. It is maple, cinnamon, and caramel flavors. Mm-hmm. It's super good. Yeah, it's it is really good. It's not very Christmas Christmassy. It seems more like fallish. Well, it feels like fall because like yeah, they had a weather wise. What was it? Frosted mint mocha. Mm-hmm. 
which if you're into that, I'm sure it's really good. I'm just I'm not really big on mint lattes, mint coffee and stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, went with the lumberjack, and it was a good choice. Yes, it was. I'm super glad. Mm-hmm. All right. So for those of you that are new listeners, what we normally do is we try a new coffee at the beginning of each episode. We give some, uh, you know, some tasting notes, give our, our uh, opinion and recommendation. Because everybody is entitled to my opinion. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then we talk about any random topic. Whatever uh, This we week our coffee is a little bit, our coffee, you know, portion is a little bit different. We're not trying a, a new coffee. Well, technically, I guess we kind of are. But yeah, it's I wouldn't like really it's, rate it. Yeah, because it's not something we brewed here at the house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, so we're going to do our holiday special today. Um, and then after this, we're going to be taking a little bit of a Christmas, a uh, little holiday break. Um, so Until we'll we get a, our stuff together. Yeah, we'll have a, uh, we're going to take a, a few weeks off. Not exactly when we're going to start back up, but, you know, we'll uh, make sure and let you guys know. Uh, but let's go ahead and kick off our holiday episode. What do we got going on here? Let's let's talk about some of these holidays that come cool. around this time. Okay, so before we get started, I want to preface this by saying we celebrate Christmas. So it's going to be a pretty like Christmas-heavy episode, but uh, we do talk about like the other December holidays. Yeah, and that's cool. To be fair, probably most of the people that listen to this show celebrate Christmas, I would, I would bet. Okay, good um, point. But, yeah, I do like to also discuss some of the other holidays yeah. just to kind of educate the masses. For, you Heck, know. yeah. I love it. Okay. So, we're going to start, like, we're going to go kind of in order. Mm. Like, uh, what's it, chronologically? Yeah, like, yeah. time-wise, yeah. And so, I do also want to point out, before we get started, and I don't, I don't think we hit, like, all of the holidays, did we? Or did you get every, do you have, like, a list of every holiday? I mean, all of the big ones. Yeah, the big ones. Okay. So I just was kind of making the point about the whole happy holidays versus Merry Christmas oh, yeah. um, statement there. Like, you know, a lot of people get upset when you say happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. But, um, this month you know, from what, from like, the, from like the middle of November to the middle of January, there's like... 30 different holidays or something like that yeah it's you know it's a big deal like there's a ton like this is the holiday season like yeah thanksgiving well i mean not even u.s but like canadian thanksgiving kicks it off essentially because it's like earlier in november yeah so canadian thanksgiving kicks it off and then i don't know what yeah so like from between like beginning to the middle of november toward around the middle of january or so like i said there's about 30 plus holidays it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but so that's that's why it's, you know, probably more appropriate for someone that you don't really know. To wish them a happy holiday. Right. Because there's no telling. I mean, for the most part around here. Yeah. You know, just about everybody celebrates Christmas at least. Yeah. And it's still, you know, like a good gesture. But definitely, like, you shouldn't get bent out of shape for somebody saying happy holidays. Yeah. They're trying to be respectful because they don't know what you celebrate. Right. Yeah. You could be a, what is it, Festivus for the rest of us? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's kick it off with Hanukkah. Uh, Hanukkah is an eight-day Jewish celebration that commemorates the rededication of the second temple in Jerusalem following the Maccabean Revolt. So this revolt lasted seven years back in, like, way, way, way back, in the Mm -hmm. Wayback Machine. Um, And it was basically a taking back of the temple after foreign influence, like, 
Greek, Roman, like, influence, and occupation had made the temple unclean. So, as we know, it's common for conquerors to use existing temples as their own and alter them to their own gods. So that's basically what happened with the Jewish temple. Um, So those who took part in the rededication witnessed what they believed to be a miracle, even though there was only enough untainted oil to keep the menorah's candles burning for a single day, the flames continued to burn for eight nights. So this is what Hanukkah is celebrating. Right. So this is like the importance of the the symbolism of the the Mm -hmm. menorah. Absolutely. So uh, Hanukkah is also known as the Festival of Lights. It begins on the 25th of uh, Kislev on the Hebrew calendar. This year was the 10th through the 18th of December. So how is that figured up? So is it not always the same? It's not always the 10th through the 18th, is it? Mm-mm. It's based on the, the Hebrew calendar, so the 25th of Kislev. So whenever that falls on the Gregorian calendar is when Hanukkah is. Yeah, but I mean, like, so like how do... We don't know. How do they measure that? I don't know. Like, is they... It? Jewish people know... Like they just, they just know. Okay. Yeah. I just, I didn't know if it was something like the third Wednesday after the fourth Monday kind of stuff. It may be in their calendar and they just translate that that to, uh, you know, the, like the Gregorian calendar. But Mm. yeah. Um, So celebrations revolve around lighting the menorah on each of the holidays, eight nights, another candle, candle is added to the menorah after sundown. Okay, so the Hebrew Bible states that God revealed the design for the menorah to Moses and describes the construction of the menorah as follows in Exodus. Um, So, quote, Make a lampstand of pure gold, hammer out its base and shaft, and make it flower-like cups, buds, and blossoms of one piece with them. Six branches are to extend from the sides of the lampstand, three on one side and three on another. Three cups shaped like almond flowers with buds and blossoms are to be on one branch, three on the next branch, and the same for all six branches extending from the lampstand. On the lampstand are to be four cups shaped like almond flowers with buds and blossoms. One bud shall be under the first pair of branches extending from the lampstand, a second bud under the second pair, a third bud under the third pair, six branches in all. The buds and branches shall be... Uh, all of one piece with the lampstand hammered out of pure gold then make it seven lamps and set them up so that they light the space in front of it its wick trimmers and trays are to be of pure gold a talent of pure gold is to be, gold is to be used for the lampstands and all of the the accessories uh, see that you make them according to the pattern shown to you on the mountain so it's super intricate like yeah, how the menorah is supposed to be made and like exact and like what it's supposed to be made of and how much gold it's supposed to be made of. So like super detailed, which is as we'll find, like it's, um, it's, that's kind of like what the ceremony is all about and like the, the food and all it's very detail oriented. It's super, super interesting. Um, in the Jewish tradition, the menorah stood approximately 1.62 meters or three feet, nope, five feet, three inches. The ninth candle, called the uh, shamash, or helper, is used to light the others. Typically, blessings are recited, and traditional Hanukkah foods, such as potato pancakes and jam-filled donuts, are fried in oil. Oh, that sounds good. It does. Also, I never, I didn't know that the menorah was so tall. I, I mean, always you always just see, like, the ones that people have in, like, their homes. Yeah, but the, the one that is supposed to be in the temple is supposed to be really big. Mm-hmm. Like, that's super tall. That's, that's all, crazy. Yeah. Um, other Hanukkah customs, I, this is cool. I found this super interesting. So other on Hanukkah customs include playing with dreidels and exchanging gifts. Okay, so do are you going to explain how 
To play dreidel? Yes. Yes, I am. Good. I've always, I've always been curious about this, but only at an inopportune time when I don't think about, when I don't have a chance to look it up and then I always forget. It's super cool. Okay, so a dreidel is a spinning top with four sides, each inscribed with the letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The Hebrew letters inscribed on the dreidel are Nun, Gimel, Hey, or Chai, and then Shin. The letters form an acronym for the Hebrew saying, Nes Gadol Hayat Shem, which can be translated to a great miracle happened there, referring to the miracle which Hanukkah is centered around. Dreidel is commonly played in a group setting with each player starting with an equal number of game pieces. Those game pieces can be items including chocolate, Hanukkah, like gelt, which is the... Chocolate coins. Yeah, chocolate coins. Um, other candy and any items the players choose to contribute. Each player contributes from their game pieces to a collective pot, which portions or all of can be one, depending on what the Hebrew letter the dreidel lays on, lands on. If a player lands on the letter Gimel, that results in them receiving all items of the pot. So that means they win. Ah. Um, if a player lands on hay, they receive half of whatever's in the pot. If a player lands on none, the player receives nothing. If a player lands on shin, the player often has to add one of his items to the pot. Often landing on shin results in the chant, shin, shin, put one in. The game can continue until all of the items of the pot are won, or as long as the players feel like playing. Interesting. I thought that was super cool. That is cool. I kind of want to play. Mm-hmm. We need to get a dreidel. Yeah. Okay. But also, I don't really know what the letters are. So, I guess we should probably learn that, too. Yeah. I guess I'll just have to finally learn Hebrew. Okay. Christmas is next. Like I said, it's going to be a Christmas-heavy episode, so just sit tight. We're getting... We'll get to it. Okay. So, Christians celebrate Christmas as the anniversary of the birth of Jesus of Nazareth. For Christians, Jesus is the Christ, or anointed one, who was conceived miraculously through... uh, through God the Creator and a young virgin girl named Mary, Jesus' purpose was to be a sacrifice for sin for all people. And the story of Jesus' birth is known as the Nativity, which is a large part of the Christmas celebration for Christians, as well as Advent, which celebrates, which is celebrated each day or each Sunday in December leading up to the Christmas Day. Um, Advent is symbolic of the prophecies in the Old Testament of the Bible that foretell the coming of Jesus in the New Testament and how Christians should prepare for Jesus' second coming at the end of time. So, for the most part, most people probably know that much, except maybe Advent. I think a lot of people don't really follow Advent as much. I know when I was growing up, I really never, we never really talked much about Advent at all. Yeah. And it wasn't really until the last few years that I really actually observed anything about it. Yeah. Um, But also, so you said about the Sunday, so it's celebrated each Sunday Mm -hmm. before Christmas. Mm -hmm. But it's not necessarily just that. So it's it's like the immediate four Sundays before Christmas. To, yeah. So like this year, actually the first Sunday of Advent was the last Sunday of November. Correct. Correct. So it's just like whenever Christmas is, the four Sundays right before that. Yeah, and are it the usually Advent Sundays. It usually Advent usually ends on Christmas because that's a fulfillment of the prophecies in the Old Testament, and so like you usually have a reading that you do on Advent, which is Christmas. Right. So there's there's technically like five, five yeah days. Mm-hmm. Or celebrations. Yeah. Unless Christmas is on a Sunday, then you do both of them. That day. Yep. 100%. Okay, so in Rome, Saturnalia was a holiday in honor of Saturn, the god of agriculture, beginning uh, in the week leading up to the winter solstice and continuing for a full month. 
Saturnalia was a hedonistic time when food and drink were plentiful and the normal Roman social order was turned upside down. For a month, slaves would become masters and peasants were in command of the city. Businesses and schools were closed so that everyone could join in the fun. Also around that time of the winter solstice, Romans observed Juvenalia, which is a feast honoring the children of Rome. In addition, members of the upper classes often celebrated the birthday of Mithra, the god of the inconquerable sun, on December 25th. So, this will be important in a moment. So, the Bible doesn't actually mention a date of birth for Jesus. So, when the church decided to start celebrating his birth, because they didn't always do that. They usually celebrated his death and resurrection at, like, Easter. Mm -hmm. But the church finally decided to start celebrating his birth. Pope Julius I chose December 25th. I wonder why that is. Right. Why? Why Why on earth would that be the case? And so you say the Bible doesn't actually mention the date, but it is believed he was actually born probably around April-ish. In the summer. Like, it was probably the summer months. Yeah. So I've, I've heard anywhere from, like, April or July. Like, I've heard, oh, okay. I've heard you know, various things. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so this is my next sentence is it's believed that the church chose this date in an effort to adopt and absorb the traditions of the pagan Saturnalia festival. And I'm just going to go ahead and say that that's probably a fact. Like it's believed. Yeah. That's that that tracks. That's totally almost every other Christian, um, tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, first called the Feast of the Nativity, the custom spread to Egypt by the year 432 and then to England by the 6th century. So Christmas, it was just kind of like, we're going to celebrate his birth and we're going to do it on this day. So, and it spread like wildfire. Right. So by holding Christmas at the same time as the traditional winter solstice festivals, the church leaders increased the chances that Christmas would be popularly embraced, which was a smart marketing move, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, However, they gave up the ability to dictate how it was celebrated. That probably They probably weren't too happy about that. But by the Middle Ages, Christianity had, for the most part, replaced um, pagan religion. On Christmas, believers attended church and then celebrated raucously in a drunken carnival-like atmosphere similar to today's Mardi Gras. Oh, that sounds fun. Uh, there was a short period of time when Christmas was canceled in the 17th century due to Puritans. Um... So from 1659 to 1681, the celebration of Christmas was actually outlawed in Boston. Anyone exhibiting the Christmas spirit was fined five shillings. What? By contrast, the Jamestown settlement, uh, in the Jamestown settlement, Captain John Smith uh, reported that Christmas was enjoyed by all and passed without incident. So Puritans were a little weird. Like, they're the ones who are responsible for, like, the witch trial. So, like, they're, like, very much, like, no fun. Yeah. Um, no offense to any Puritans out there if you're still around. No. Offense intended. You guys are no fun. <laughs> they, they, they probably wouldn't Categorically be tried to ruin everything that people enjoy. <laughs> they ever. probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast because this podcast is totes fun. So. Yeah. I guess we can say what we want about Puritans then. Since they're not listening. Woo. Okay. Uh, so many of you may be wondering how we get from Mardi Gras Christmas to what's going on right now. We have uh, none other to thank than Mr. Sleepy Hollow, Washington Irving. Oh, wait. Mr. Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, he wrote Sleepy Hollow, Washington Irving. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Ready? 
Yeah. Okay. I know I knew that name. The early 19th century was a period of class conflict and turmoil. During this time, unemployment was high and gang rioting by the disenchanted classes often occurred during the Christmas season. In 1819, the best-selling author Washington Irving wrote The Sketchbook of Joffrey Cran. Jeffrey. Yes, Jeffrey Cran. A series of stories about the celebration of Christmas in an English manor house. The sketches featured a squire who invent, who invited the peasants into his home for the holiday. In contrast to the problems faced in American society, the two groups mingled effortlessly. In Irving's mind, Christmas should be peaceful, warm-hearted holiday should be a peaceful, warm-hearted holiday bringing groups together across lines of wealth or social status. Irving's fictitious celebrations enjoyed quote-unquote ancient customs. Uh, or celebrants enjoyed ancient customs. Irving's book, however, was not based in any holiday celebration that he had ever attended. In fact, many historians say that Irving's account actually invented tradition by implying that it described true customs of the season. Huh. So, thank you, Mr. Sleepy Hollow. That's why Christmas is so awesome these days. (laughs) Interesting. So, he just kind of like a little white lied that and Mm -hmm. like changed the whole holiday. Yep, and he created. So... Again, it's also around that time that English author uh, Charles Dickens created the classic holiday tale, A Christmas Carol. The story's message, the importance of charity and goodwill towards humankind, struck a powerful chord in the U.S. and England and showed members of Victorian society society the benefits of celebrating the holiday. So basically, those two things happening like like one right after another Mm -hmm. made Christmas what it is right now. That's pretty awesome. Right? Just because of a couple of books. A couple of books. Like a couple of dudes being all like, you know what? This this is messed up. We're going to make it a good time. Wholesome time. Yes. So next we are going to discuss Santa Claus. And if yeah, you have, if my you boy. Have, if you have small children, first of all, wow, they must be super bored. Uh, but if they're still awake, you may want to skip this part or like pause or, you know. Once you know the true magic of Christmas, you can't unknow it. So just go away. Santa Claus is real. Small children, go away. (laughs) Uh, The legend of Santa Claus can be traced back hundreds of years to a monk named St. Nicholas. It's believed that Nicholas was born sometime around 280 AD in Turkey. Uh, Much admired for his piety and kindness, St. Nicholas became the subject of many legends. He gave all of his wealth to the poor. And apparently I read a story about how he saved three sisters from being sold into prostitution by their father by paying a dowry for each of them. Huh. So, he was pretty cool. Um, People celebrate the Feast of St. Nicholas on the anniversary of his death, December 6th, uh, starting in the Renaissance. That's kind of when they start to celebrate St. Nick. Right. Um, In the 17th century, Dutch immigrants bring the stories of Sinterklaas with them to America, which is the... Dutch form of Saint, Saint Nick. Um, and then uh, in 1880, um, the Dutch also have stories of Belschnickel or Chris Kringle derived from the German Christ kind or Christ child. The stories say that Belschnickel travels along the countryside ringing a bell and delivering small gifts to the good children and spanking bad ones. Similarly, in Germany during Christmas time, the Christ kind or an angel is believed to travel to children's home to deliver gifts. In 1822, Episcopal minister Clement Clement Clark Moore writes a poem titled An Account of a Visit from St. Nicholas for his three daughters. 
Moore portrays Santa as a jolly old elf who flies from the house to house on Christmas Eve. Moore's poem becomes popular and is uh, the basis for how Santa is characterized in the U.S. today. Eight tiny reindeer are immortalized and it turns into Twas the Night Before Christmas. So that's what this poem is. He wrote this poem for his children and this is like, this is how we get Santa. Right. Um, from the 1840s on, Santa gets commercialized, and that's basically it. That's that's history. Cool. That's how Santa came to be. You want to talk about uh, you want to talk about Krampus? Yeah. Okay, so we yeah we cannot talk about Santa without talking about Krampus. Um, so he's the half man, half goat who comes around every year to chase naughty children and maybe even drag them to hell. Um, European versions of St. Nicholas have long had scary counterparts who dole out punishment, like Belschnickel. Like, he wasn't just, like, Santa. He was also, like, he also, he was kind of like a, an amalgamation of the two, of Santa and Krampus, because he, he's portrayed, Belschnickel is portrayed as, like, a, a crotchety old man who's, like, he gives good kids gifts, but he also, like, beats the bad children. Yeah, so that he spanks the- <laughs> The ringing a bell and delivering small gifts to good children and spanking the bad ones. Yeah, and but apparently it's not just spanking. It's like, yeah, he like he gives them a, a right good cliff kick in the pants. Um, so Krampus is one such character who comes from folklore in Austria's Alpine region, where he's been frightening children and amusing adults for thousands of years. So basically, he is the evil or punishment part of Santa. Right. The the counterpart. The Krampus movie was actually really good. I mean, it was bad, but it was good. I liked it. Yeah. So that's Christmas. Anything you want to add before we move on? Uh, no, I don't think so. I do like Santa. Me too. Um, and I like the spirit of Santa. Like. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely like a great tradition to, you know, that children. I need. didn't always think so. Because I knew the truth from the get-go. Yeah, well, that's because your parents were weird. <laughs> so, I mean, some people just don't do not do that. And, like, the way people celebrate Santa is fine. Like, some people... Or, like, is... I'm not fine. I mean, like, it's, it's different across the board. Some people... Like, only one present comes from Santa. Other people... All of the presents come from Santa. You yeah. know? So... Um, okay, let's move on to Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa was created by Dr. Marlana Karenga in 1966 after the uh, Watts riots in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. The Watts riots in L.A. are actually really sad. Um, It was a large series of riots that broke out on August 11th in 1965 in the predominantly black neighborhood of Watts in Los Angeles. Um, The Watts rebellion lasted for six days, resulting in 34 deaths. 1,032 injuries and 4,000 arrests involving 34,000 people and ending in the destruction of 1,000 buildings totaling 40 million in damages. Dang. Yeah. It started with a routine traffic stop. Two brothers were pulled over. One allegedly failed a sobriety test and got scared of being arrested. A scuffle broke out between him and the arresting officer. And then the the other brother uh, joined in to protect the one being arrested. It escalated. It got really bad. The boy's mother shows up thinking they're being attacked. She joins in to protect her two sons. She gets arrested too. And then more and, pe- more, and more people and police like just show up. And it's just like... Like, it's basically people... Just continuous escalation. Yeah. It's just... It's bad. It's really bad. Um, 
So it's actually really similar to the George Floyd protests and people getting arrested in those protests. It's actually very similar. Hmm. Um, So I would definitely urge you to do more reading into it. It's it's really interesting. Yeah. So I knew... I didn't know until just, I guess, probably a few years ago, probably just like three or four years ago, that Kwanzaa's not that old. Yeah. It was just started in the 60s. Yeah. Um, But I didn't know that it was... Like started from a, you know, from a riot. Yeah, like he, I didn't know that was what it was about. Yeah, he's he he is a uh, he's a professor, um, and I think he's like a, he's a civil rights professor or mm-hmm. like a, I mean that's kind of when the civil rights were happening. I can't remember what he teaches. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, I guess that it, it kind of stems from the same idea. Just I always thought it was more just as like a response to like the Jim Crow era mm, mm. that it was just like a you know we're gonna celebrate our mm-hmm. culture yeah with a holiday mm-hmm. um but i didn't know that it stemmed from like one specific event yeah yeah um i didn't either until i was doing this this researching i knew it wasn't super old but i wasn't aware it was you know this was like the cat this event was the catalyst for it um so dr karenga founded founded u.s a cultural organization Let's go ahead and take a quick break here. We're back from our time travel. <laughs> yeah, so we're back. Uh, more dog interruptions. So now they're in here with us. And we're not they, responsible for them, what they yeah, do. Yeah, so sorry if you hear them. You'll, you probably will. They were not happy about being... Left alone. Yeah. With the cat. The cat wasn't happy about it either, though. So. No. Um, okay, so Dr. Karenga founded a cultural organization and started to research African first fruit celebrations or like harvest festivals. Um, from there, he uh, combined aspects of several different harvest celebrations to form the basis of Kwanzaa. And I'm just going to go ahead and say, like, a lot of these are in Swahili. Um, my Swahili is uh, non existent, so just bear with me. Uh, the name Kwanzaa comes from the phrase. Matunda ya Kwanzaa. Yeah, Matunda ya Kwanzaa, which means first fruits in Swahili. Each family celebrates Kwanzaa in its own way, but celebrations often include songs, dances, African drums, storytelling, poetry reading, and a large traditional meal. On each of the seven nights, families gather, and a child lights one of the candles on the kinara. Then, one of the seven principles, or values, of African culture is discussed. An African feast called uh, Karamu is held on December 31st. Okay, so the seven principles of um, Kwanzaa are unity, or uh, umoja, to, uh, which is to strive for and maintain the unity, unity in the family, community, nation, and race. Uh, self-determination. Uh, Kuji Chagula, or Kuji Chagulia. Yeah. Um, to define ourselves, name ourselves, and create our, create for ourselves and speak for ourselves. The next one is collective work and responsibility, which is Ujima. Um, to build and maintain our community together and make our brothers and sisters' problems our problems and to solve them together. Uh, cooperative economics, Ujama. Uh, to build and maintain our own stores, shops, and other businesses and to profit from them together. Purpose, to make our, which is uh, Nia, to make our collective vocation the building and developing of our community in order to restore our people to their traditional greatness. Creativity, which is uh, Kuumba, 
to do always as much as we can in the way we can in order to leave our community more beautiful and beneficial than we inherited it. And then faith, which is Imani. To believe with all our heart and our people, our parents, our teachers, our leaders, and the righteousness and victory of our struggle. So these are really, really great principles, very grounding principles. Yeah. Um, and each one, one, for one night of Kwanzaa, one of these is talked about and celebrated. Um, Do they also light a candle for each specific one? Yes. So it's kind of like a menorah? Kind of, yeah. It's a, it's called a canara, yeah. Yeah, I know that. But. Yeah, it is. It's very similar to the menorah. Okay, there are also seven symbols associated with um, Kwanzaa, and one is Mazao, um, uh, which is the crops, and that symbolizes work and the basis of the holiday. And then there's the Mkeka, which is a placemat. The Mkeka is made from straw or cloth, comes directly from Africa, and expresses history, culture, and tradition. It symbolizes the historical and traditional foundation for um, for us to stand on and to build our lives because today stands on our yesterdays and just as other symbols stand on the Makika. So that's hmm. really, really, like, very symbolic. Yeah. Um, the next one is the... Vibunzi. Vibunzi. It's an ear of corn. The stalk of corn represents fertility and symbolizes that through the reproduction of children, the future hopes of the family are brought to life. One ear is called a Vibunzi and two more... Two or more ears are called a mehindi. Each ear symbolizes a child in the family, and thus one ear is placed on the mkeka for each child in the family. If there are no children in the home, two ears are still placed on the mkeka because each person is responsible for the children of the community. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the mishuma saba, mishuba saba, yeah, the seven candles. Um, candles are ceremonial objects with two primary purposes to recreate symbolically the sun's power and to provide light. The celebration of fire through candle burning is not limited to one particular group or country. It occurs everywhere. Uh, Miss, uh, Mishuma Saba are the seven candles, three red, three green, and one black. Do um, the colors have any specific? I think so. I think they do, but I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't look too deeply into that. Um, uh, then there's the Kikombe Cha Umoja, which is the unity cup. Um, this is a special cup that is used to perform the libation ritual during the Karamu uh, feast on the sixth day of Kwanzaa. In many African societies, libations are poured for the living um, and the dead whose souls stay with the earth until tilled. Um, and then there's uh, Zawadi, which are gifts. And then when they celebrate Imani on the seventh day of Kwanzaa, they give meaningful meaningful gifts to encourage growth, self-determination, achievement, and success. Hmm, interesting. So, like, this one person came up with this, and it's super detailed. It reminds me a lot of Hanukkah, like, in how detailed it is. Right. So, I was very educated on Kwanzaa. Because I, I personally don't know anybody who celebrates Hanukkah or Kwanzaa. But I would like to. I think it would be super interesting uh, to, like, learn more and be a yeah. part of it. Okay. The last one we have is probably the shortest one we have, and that is Boxing Day. I've heard of Boxing Day, but I don't really... I had no idea what it was. I just knew it was a thing. Yeah. I don't really, yeah, I don't really know what it is either. Okay. So, Boxing Day takes place on December 26th. Only celebrated in a few countries, the holiday originated in the UK during the Middle Ages 
It was the day when the alms box, um, the collection boxes for the poor often kept in churches, were opened and their contents were distributed, a tradition that still happens in some areas. It was also the day that servants were traditionally given the day off to celebrate Christmas with their families, which kind of sucks, but, like, I get it, like, because, oh, you have to be here for Christmas so that I can celebrate Christmas with my family without having to do any work, you know? Yeah. But the day after Christmas you can get because I'm done, which, whatever. Um, Boxing Day has now become a public holiday in the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, among other countries. In England, soccer matches and horse races often take place on Boxing Day. The Irish refer to the holiday as St. Stephen's Day, and they have their own tradition called hunting the wren, in which boys fasten a fake wren to a pole and parade it through town. The Bahamas celebrate Boxing Day with a street parade and festival called Junkanoo. Huh. Interesting. Super interesting. So, that's what I got for December holidays. I know we kind of went through that a little bit fast, but... I, there's a lot. Like, I didn't realize just how many other than New Year's. I mean, we can talk about New Year's if you want. New Year's Eve and all that. But that's all I got. Cool. No, I think that's good. And, like, we didn't even really touch on hardly any of the act, like, of the, the multitude of other ones. But those are, like, the big ones. So, I, yeah, I... Yeah, these are the ones that I that I found that seem to have like quite a bit of information and depth yeah. to them. So, I was, I was. If I missed yours, let me know. Um, but it was very informative. I knew some of the Christmas stuff, but I didn't know all of it. I definitely didn't know a lot about Boxing Day, Kwanzaa, or Hanukkah. So that was that. It was really fun to read about all of those and like. Real, it's they all of them seem well. Boxing Day doesn't really have like a celebration, you know, in that in like a formal way. Yeah, but, it's um, basically just a like giving to the the poor and like the fortunate. Bahamas have like a, a thing that they do, and so do the Irish people, Ireland. But um, but Kwanzaa and Hanukkah are something I think I would like to witness. I yeah. feel like that would be really it'd be really interesting. Yeah, for sure. It's very, like, symbolic and, like, mm-hmm. meaningful. Yeah. Because I've done a Passover Seder before, and I wonder how different that is from Hanukkah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I've, never really, I've never done a Passover. So. It's really cool. I liked doing it. When um, is Passover? Uh, it is... I don't remember. I don't remember. Okay. We did but ours... It's, it's, not around, it's not around this time. Mm-mm. No. It's not. Um, so, yeah. What do we think? Interesting. Interesting. Did you learn things? Yes. Learned a lot of things. Um, so, that was our holiday episode. Um, definitely some cool stuff there. Um, like, I just... Like, this dude, Dr. Uh, Karenga, he... Like, he's super smart to have... To create this and, like... I wonder if he, I don't want to say he based it off of Hanukkah, but I wonder if he used, like, the, the idea of multiple nights. Yeah, it kind of sounded like he did base it a lot on Hanukkah. So, I would be, I would be interested to know, like, because he did study several, like, harvest celebrations, so I would be curious to know if some of those ancient harvest celebrations lasted for more than one day. Yeah, I don't know. 
So that's interesting. I would like to learn more. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so that was our holiday episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I know I did. It was a lot of fun. This coffee is super good. Yeah. So, again, our coffee is the Lumberjack, which is a seasonal uh, latte from Just Love. Um, Just Love Coffee Shop. So, um, and like amazing. we said before, we are now, we're going to be taking a hiatus for a we bit. We were on a break. For the holiday season. Um, we will return probably around mid-January or so. Sometime. Yeah. Um, Whenever take, we feel like take, it. Take, you know, a couple, two or three weeks or so. Um, we'll make sure and, uh, you know, let, let you guys know when we're going to be releasing again. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Date Night at the Coffee Shop. Um, we'll try to keep up with some, you know, some, some news and updates and things like that. Um, if you have any coffee suggestions or topic suggestions, you can either DM us on Instagram or you can email us at datenightcoffeeshop at gmail.com. Uh, otherwise, like, share, subscribe, anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, oh, rate on, us. Rate us. Yeah, rate us. Go give us, what is it? Are they still star system? Yeah. Okay. Go give us five stars. At least four. We deserve four. Just give us five. I know, right? Like, if you're going to give us four, you might as well give us five. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, so that's... That's how that's, other people find us and listen to this. And you can be like, oh, my gosh. And you can, like, talk trash about us, which you wouldn't do because we're awesome. But, you know. Yeah. You can be like, how cool are those two people who just, like, have dogs that constantly interrupt and that are also time travelers? Right. Um, but other than that, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy it. To everyone, happy holidays to whatever you celebrate. Yes, um, do your thing. As for us, we celebrate Christmas, so Merry Christmas from us. Happy holidays. Um, until next time, we'll see you guys sometime in the future. Again, we're time travelers, so hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, guys.